This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's fuck this shit. It's Audrey, and also Christina. Thank you. My name's Christina. <laughs> so this week we had on our friend Namita, who is at InInStats on Twitter, and we had a lovely little conversation with her about- She taught us uh, about math. We know numbers. We know as many as several numbers now. We do fully understand what Corsi is now. I don't, but- Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun with her, and we hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, don't forget to rate us and subscribe to us. And also, you can send us money, too. Yeah. That would be great. Anyway, listen to the podcast. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) That was manic. (laughs) (laughs) We're back. We have not cleaned up this intro at all. I have not had I enough coffee I thought you guys morning. were going to have, like, <laughs> a standard intro or something. We don't have no. that. <laughs> Usually we start episodes by saying hello and then talking about how bad our weeks were for, like, five minutes. Audrey leaves all of it in because that's what I people want to hear. <laughs> guys, we're here this week with Namita Nandakumar, our close personal friend. Who yeah. knows numbers. She does quantitative analytics for a little team you may have heard of called the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a hockey team. Not you a may, hockey team. You may know them from, I don't know, winning the Super Bowl last year or whatever. But she also does hockey analytics in her spare time. And honestly, I don't know when she sleeps. I'm a little concerned because she's like always awake, always ready to chat, and always ready to try to explain algebra to me. So, um, yeah, the amazing thing is that I probably should like eventually try to figure out if I can have a hobby that's not just my job. (laughs) No, dude, you've, like, figured it out. Same. You've monetized your hobby, which is (laughs) amazing. But I feel like that's probably not great for uh, work-life balance. I mean, I don't know what that phrase is. So maybe (laughs) one day I'll figure it out. No, actually, like, you know, I had to work a lot, obviously, during the season, but now that we're transitioning into off-season stuff, uh, I work a little less, uh, so I have proportionally more time to tweet, which is important. Nice. A lot more time to tweet and, like, hyper-fixate on Carter Hart, yeah. which is what's <laughs> really important. <laughs> Hashtag Starter Hart! 
<laughs> the flaggers use that now, and I feel like they should pay me a billion dollars. That's literally copyright, Namita. Like, as as your lawyer, you need to sue them. Yeah, I'm, thank I'm you. Do it, like, that, was, that was why I agreed to come on because I needed your legal advice. <laughs> no, no one, no one should do anything for my legal advice. <laughs> I would love for like the Eagles to sue the Flyers over one of your <laughs> tweets for like copyright infringement. Honestly, every day I like tweet something and then I'm just thinking to myself, like, is this the one that's going to make me like not be able to tweet anymore? <laughs> My husband's going to call me up and be like, all right, this has gone on long enough. My version of that is every time I'm watching a Caps game and Joe Beninati, who does play by play, is wearing something incredible. I like to tweet about it and add it to this thread that at this point is like 25 tweets long. (laughs) And like he's tagged in one of them and he liked it at some point. So I know he's seeing them. (laughs) And eventually... He's going to call the cops on you. Eventually I will be banned from Twitter for this thread (laughs) of me talking about how much I like his clothes. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, Namita, I want to like talk about like how you got involved in all this. Because so what I didn't know about Namita until we became better friends is that she is literally 12 years old. Yeah, she's a child. <laughs> she is she has not gone through puberty yet. She Christina and I are old and gray. I'm looking forward to puberty. I, I hope it's, it's <laughs> yeah. fun for me. Let me tell you about boobs. Like <laughs> Yeah, well, Namita graduated from college fucking last year. Two months ago, basically. <laughs> yeah, she was born yesterday. So, okay, so how did you how did you get into all of this? Like tell me about your sports story. Yeah, well, so yeah, I I've always been like a Philly sports fan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, it was very good last year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, up until then, it had not been that great. But in college, I was like doing stat stuff. And then like for a while, I thought like, this is like the two year anniversary, um, almost of like when I went up to Boston to interview for a consulting gig, and I like didn't get it. And I was like so upset and I was like, I don't know how anything's going to turn out for me. And then like, I realized very shortly after that, like my dream job was not management consulting. But anyway, um, thank God you'd be really fucking boring if it was. (laughs) We all have a moment in our lives. We realize we don't want to go into management consulting, to be honest. I hate it when that happens. I hate when I don't get to work at Accenture. Eventually you have to figure out that you don't want to work in the business industry. (laughs) Which was a great uh, realization for me, a person who went to business school. I like uh, yeah I was in the middle of business school I was like I don't know about all this business stuff (laughs) but I like concentrated in stats and I really loved it and I loved the idea of research I was like a research assistant for like marketing analytics stuff and then eventually I got to do an undergrad thesis and I was like all right let me do it on something I actually really enjoy because I'm going to be doing this all year and then I'm never going to think about it again. Like, I really thought it was going to be like a one-off research project. Right, uh, right. But I did it about this idea I had about drafting better or how to think about drafting um, in the NHL. And then like on a whim, I submitted it to like a hockey analytics conference with after I learned that that's a thing. That Yeah. This was like in Vancouver a couple years ago and I submitted and like two weeks later they were like yeah you should come talk to us about this and it was like exactly um during spring break so it was like oh, oh I have to go to vancouver and talk to some nerds about hockey um and then i did that 
And then the feedback I got after the conference was like, you should do more of that. And I was like, okay. So then <laughs> I like rebranded as, you know, like a sort of hockey analytics person kind of and like wrote some articles, uh, eventually like wrote some more articles for different sites, uh, including The Athletic and stuff. And then after a few more months, got in touch with the Eagles, started working part time. Eagles won the Super Bowl started working full-time and like this was my first uh, oh and then graduated at some point during all of that, oh, that whole yeah thing. full disclosure almost failed my stats course during college <laughs> but correlation or causation who's to say namita starts working for the eagles the eagles win the super bowl <laughs> like to me this this means that namita like should get a super bowl right yes <laughs> well if we win uh in the future i will so yeah I just have to win next year which is so i'm just gonna try my best and then because if you try your best then it'll definitely work out it'll totally work out That's 100% how, yeah. true they'll start you how did you start getting into like how did you know you wanted to do hockey analytics specifically it honestly was kind of random about like the first project that i did it was because like the idea came to me as i was like watching the 2015 NHL draft, which is like not a thing that I usually, I used to make fun of people who watch. Yeah, yeah, because it's weird. It's like a, a child cattle call. <laughs> it is a child <laughs> auction. I thought they were going to like pull up their like gums to look at their teeth or something. <laughs> it's it very weird. Um, it's weird to watch as a fan. It's like, okay, all right, this child you've never heard of is going to maybe play for your team one day. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Um, but I was watching it. I think I was watching it in 2015 because the Flyers had a very, high, a relatively high pick. They had the seventh overall pick. And I was and continue to be a Flyers fan for some reason. Um, <laughs> but as I was watching the draft, I, you know, it was very famously the draft that the Bruins kind of screwed up. And I was like, okay, thinking about how they could have done better or how I would analyze it sort of in a quantitatively rigorous way rather than just being like, ha, huh, they're so stupid, uh, which you can do both. Like, let's just be clear. You can just yeah. make jokes about how teams are stupid and then also be quantitatively rigorous and that's the brand that I like to uphold so then I was like okay how should we analyze this and like my first main project the central thesis and idea was honestly pretty simple it was just like if you're gonna pick players pick them right before you think other teams would so if you think you're way higher on a player than every other team you can kind of wait it out a little bit um you know how much you wait it out depends on you know, your estimation of what the market is for that player. But, you know, there's, there's some ways that you can optimize drafting with that in mind. So that was the fundamental idea. So my question about that is, is how do you weigh in like what your team needs versus like picking offensively to get the better picks? I guess it doesn't really matter because it's, I don't know. I don't, do, you, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and yeah. that's where, like, um, it was good to do this um, with hockey as, like, a first pass because the thing about hockey is, like, you're not really drafting for team needs right now. Um, because right. They, the picks tend to take at least three to four years before they even make it to the NHL, and it's like... Yeah. It's hard to predict what you're going to need then. Yeah, most teams barely even know what they need right now, let alone like three, <laughs> three years in the future. Right? Like the Penguins this year were like, we need Jack Johnson. And everyone was like, okay. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, team need doesn't end up factoring in as much with the NHL. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. So then you can kind of just say like, okay, who do we think are the players that are going to be most impactful for us? And then when should we pick them so that we're optimizing the value of like all of our picks? And I bet that none of the teams do this because it seems like a lot of NHL teams are allergic to numbers, reason. There are are a lot of teams now that have analytics departments, I think. Whoa! (laughs) Okay. What a wild concept. Departments is a very strong term, I will say. One person. (laughs) They have one guy who has like an abacus. He's like in the back, like, all right, guys. In the basement. (laughs) And like, yeah, none of the coaches know he is. No, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably the the team that, you know, is most visible in their investment is like Toronto, who have at least like, I don't know, four or five people. And Kyle. Good job, Kyle. And then boy genius GM, Kyle Dubas. It's because Kyle's a huge nerd, and that's why he wants so many numbers, okay. people. Christina. <laughs> Audrey, please stop. Namita, can you weigh in? Do you think Kyle is hot? <laughs> <laughs> this is what this podcast is about, by the way. It's hot or not. We honestly have gotten probably more calls about this than any other subject <laughs> is people getting mad about either thinking Kyle Dubas is hot or not. It's He's hot. It's a you know what? I'm gonna go with a yes. Um yes. <laughs> it's a complicated question though, because it's like <laughs> are you just measuring it versus like NHLG everybody else or just like the world like you know it it differs but you know I'll toss in a yes in the world of GMs he's a 10 I mean oh absolutely come on it's like him and Rod the Bod and that's it who's not a GM who's a coach they're the same (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's so interesting to get into hockey analytics because I feel like it is sort of a brave new world because there was none they measured everything in like grit and like intangibles and so locker room presence yeah there's still a lot of that stuff floating Uh, around obviously like you know there's still people who think that like you shouldn't celebrate wins or or else you won't win the Stanley Cup for example to be topical (laughs) oh my god George Surge baby big fan of that I love the discourse about Duck, Duck, Goose that we're all forced to sit through today. Has anyone run an analysis on, like, if they win more when they do the surge? (laughs) I would like to see that regression. It's the ultimate, like, correlation causation thing because, like, they always do it after they win. So if you run the numbers, it looks like 100% of the time they play they win hockey games. So do more of that, please. That's how numbers works for me. Yeah. So what are the what are the main numbers? <laughs> what are the good numbers versus what are the bad numbers? Because okay, so you see if you follow literally any stats people on Twitter, you see just like it's just an avalanche of like letters, abbreviations. <laughs> I have really bad like math. I start to black out if I see more than three numbers in a row. Like, my vision gets very blurry, and I start breathing really, really hard. Audrey has never, like, been able to enter a phone number at a point in time. I never learned how to do long division. Like, I don't know anything about... Did you really never learn how to do long division? That is a failure of the Northern Virginia public schools. So my my math story is that... (laughs) Here we go. 
there was a year in elementary school where they thought I was like, I could move up to the advanced, you know, math little class. Oh, no. They So they moved me up. And then I cried every day in that class because it was too hard. <laughs> and then by the time they moved me back down, I had just missed fractions. Yeah. Like I just totally, totally missed fractions. Uh, so I never learned fractions. <laughs> Who needs those? I mean, it's not like fractions are the things, like the numbers that we use a lot in life. So after that, I was just like, I don't think this is for me. (laughs) I'm just, I'm starting at a deficit now. And I don't think there's any catching up, like was me as an eight-year-old with math. And so I just never, I just stopped trying. I didn't like math, like when I was a kid. I don't believe you. (laughs) You're lying to me. (laughs) Who, wh- who was the hot teacher that made you fall in love with math then? Because that has to, that has to be it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not exactly year. how it went down, but I hate how likely that is. <laughs> <laughs> My freshman year of high school, I had a hot geometry teacher, and that like was the only math class I ever got an A in. <laughs> I'm not. I'm like not kidding. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely, if you look at my grades in classes with hot teachers and without them, there is probably some differential there. (laughs) Causation, baby, as they say. (laughs) I I had like a pretty cool like AP Calc teacher uh, senior year of high school. Like I didn't like math, but I did the highest of it because I just had to. I don't know. But (laughs) um, I had a pretty cool AP Calc teacher. And then he sort of was like, Listen, you're pretty good at this. As long as you don't hate it, if you can, like, be a person who does math and then also is, like, good to talk to and can explain yeah. things, then, like, that's really valuable and you'll get a really good can interact. interact with other people socially. Right, like, exactly. yes. Wow. Wow, queen. You can talk to people. <laughs> the rarest combination of them all. So then I – and honestly, like, he was – completely right (laughs) yeah i do math and sometimes i talk to people and like that's my job (laughs) okay so back to the important numbers what the fuck is a corsi (laughs) please please i'm too afraid to ask anybody else some stupid reason they decided to use the name corsi but it's just shots it's taking shots okay why would they call it corsi then that's stupid because The problem was, I think, like, when, you know, when people talk about, like, shots in broadcast a lot of the time, they're only talking about, like, shots on goal. Mm -hmm. Um, But Corsi uh, includes, like, block shots and shots that miss the net. So that's, like, the main thing. So it's, like, including every shot attempt. So you might see shot attempts as the definition. But it's super, super simple. It's just taking shots. And the big idea for the longest time... Uh, with hockey analytics was just like, oh, you should take more shots rather than less shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> and like that idea, though, that like more shots is better than less shots, like all other things equal, I guess, pissed people off or something, even though coaches are so often like, oh, we need to get pucks to the net. But apparently, mm-hmm. when you call that Corsi and imply that there might be some math involved, um, they get very upset. Yeah, like, why? I mean, that's just is like basic. That's how I feel. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I hate math as much as the next, like, NHL coach, but like, but, like that's just to me, it's like if you you know, shoot more, then you'll score more. Like, that's not even math. That is just like how the world works. I think one of the interesting, like, player types 
that this started to shed some light on was like the sort of stay at home defensive defensemen. And I think mm-hmm. like when they when they seem like they're good to your quote unquote eye test, you look and you're like, okay, he's not messing up at any point. That's really good. He's a good D man. But then when you start to look at the shot metrics, you might see like, okay, it's not obvious that he's messing up in some way, but like the other team is taking 20 shots when he's on the ice and his team is only taking five. So like, even though you can't point to like a specific mistake with him, it seems like when he's on the ice, the other team is getting a lot more valuable chances. Yeah, there's something that he could be doing that may cause him to make mistakes but would also probably prevent getting like the other team getting more shots exactly so it's like let's say if he was more gifted offensively and he was a better puck mover and he could create more chances and opportunities for his team to shoot uh but then the downside is oh like maybe once in a while he gives up a puck and there's a breakaway Mm -hmm. and like that looks really bad but overall he's still contributing more to his team so like that's the kind of the type of thing where like maybe your eyes would deceive you Mm -hmm. uh but just looking at like the shot metrics and and other sort of you know hockey analytics uh you could start to see where like there are differences in how you think these players are in terms of their value and what they actually are does this have to do with the whole like plus minus thing you know what i'm talking about like like, (laughs) which is like to me is like the dumbest i like i don't understand that at all and like i feel like it's bad but i don't know why i think it's bad can can you tell me like why i feel like it's bad (laughs) yeah i think the the main thing with plus minus is just like it seems like luck (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of luck involved. So a lot of it has to do with how your goalie is playing, how the opposing goalie is playing. And basically, like when you look at uh, some of the guys who have the absolute worst plus minus in the league, uh, what actually you'll tend to see is a lot of players who, especially defensemen, who you might think are like pretty good or at least not terrible, and they have really bad plus minus ratings. And what that sort of suggests is like, they're on basically a bad team and they're playing a lot of minutes for that team and their teammates are super shitty. So like, it's not their fault, but they end up with this very bad plus minus. Um, So then that brings us to the question of like, how do we sort of isolate their contributions from like their teammates and start Uh to get a better understanding of like everyone's individual value? How how do we do that? I, I feel like a, a, a big part of that is going to be like this new, like the new tracking technology that's going to be used where you can track like so much more about a player's performance. It's definitely going to be uh, super valuable, super cool. Um, obviously, you know, teams are going to get the first crack at that. Like the public is probably not going to see that at least for a few years. Um, but one thing I will say that like, I always like to mention this because it, it's so strange to me, like the public discourse about hockey analytics, like never you know, when coaches and players are asked about it, like this never comes up. We do have shot location data. So it's it's actually not just Corsi right now. Like a big, very useful stat is expected goals, um, which is sort of like, you know, taking every shot and figuring out based on where it was on the ice and, you know, the angles and other factors. Uh, Everyone constructs it differently. There's at least like three or four public versions out there. But what's the likelihood of, each individual shot being a goal. And then it's like, if you add up all those shots, you can say like, okay, in this game, the shots that the Leafs took were worth like 
two and a half goals <clears throat> altogether. And then they mm-hmm. actually scored one goal. So right. they were pretty unlucky or and or the opposing goalie had a really good game. Yeah. And like those are the ways that you could start to figure out you know, luck versus skill and things like that. So like that is already super useful. And then I think the tracking data in addition to that will give us like an even better understanding. So like with things like expected goals, like we know where the shot was taken from, but maybe we could add in like shot velocity and stuff like that to get a better understanding of like what the goalies are up against. So yeah, it's definitely going to be really cool to see. But then the other thing with tracking data is like, You'll generate a lot of like dumb stats that no one cares about. Right. That's what I was going to ask you is like when they start rolling this stuff out, what do you think is going to actually be useful to have? And what do you think is going to be like totally trash? Like nobody should be using these. Yeah, that's a good question. The glow pucks are good. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully the team should be doing, you know, the stuff that I said, which is like using it to add more context to do better player evaluations. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I feel like the public facing stuff will be a lot of like, did you know that Connor McDavid is really fucking fast? And it's like, yeah. whoa. I what? Like Sidney Crosby skated three miles during the last game. Crazy. Like that's where it's really funny. It's like people think that because I'm like a quote unquote analytics person that I must like just like any stat that's out there is like, no. Any number. <laughs> Navita's like on it. I love it. <laughs> I think a lot of stats are boring and stupid and I like the ones that are useful. So. I think stuff like expected goals is useful. I don't think just randomly having like the miles per hour of a skater on your screen is very useful. So like, we'll see what happens. What do you, okay, let me, let me ask you something. I have, I have floated this, this strategy on this podcast oh, before. Here we go. Audra's going to get really <laughs> mad at me. So I think like when is I hear. Is this just your basketball theory? Yes, again? it is. It is. It is. So <laughs> here's what I think is I think all of these numbers are going to add up to teams not really having defensemen anymore because I think that like, because you can generate so much more scoring chances with six forwards and no goalie. Yeah. You're also getting rid of your goalie in this scenario. <laughs> I, like, I, I just completely with you up until you said no goalie. Okay. But no, like but my, my real theory is, is like, you just shouldn't have defensemen or if you're going to have defensemen, they should be like Eric Carlson or Brent Burns. Honestly, you're right. <laughs> Yes! I think defensemen are overrated. Like, there shouldn't... I mean, like, even centers. Like, just You're breaking my heart. Because I'm right. I love useless slow men. (laughs) Like, they... I I don't get the the point of them. If if you can't score, then you shouldn't be on the ice. Big stay-at-home defensemen, you know, it's okay for them to be phased out of the game as long as they get phased into being my boyfriend. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Exactly. That is the Puck Bunny's take of the day. I love it. <laughs> that is exactly my point. There's one thing that these big, slow, hard-hitting defensemen are good for, and it is being my spouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when, uh, when, you, you, when you take an old racehorse and put him on a farm. <laughs> yes, I'm the farm. <laughs> I said the farm is my bedroom. <laughs> so, yeah. Congrats on having an analytics opinion, Christina. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm never, I am never going to shut up about this. This is a huge <laughs> day. Like, so I'm, I'm a big fan of basketball, obviously, which, like, to me is like the pinnacle. I mean, like, everyone talks about baseball being like the stats sport, but I think that like it's basketball stats are like really interesting to me because they could, they really like shape the game. Also, baseball's boring. 
Also, baseball's insanely boring. A good point, yes. Do you think that, like, hockey could ever get to that point where, like, they would matter that much? Because I don't think so. I feel like there's too much – it's too fast of a game. With the culture of the game, too. Honestly, I think even if the culture of hockey and tried to be, like, amazingly progressive in every way, it still wouldn't get to the point it is with basketball. And, like, I think the big reason why is, like, there's just so much more luck involved with hockey. You know, and like there's been a lot of studies about this saying like, okay, how often does the best team win in hockey versus like basketball? And in basketball, it it is very, very often. You're not going to pull one over on the Warriors that much. You know, maybe like (laughs) one series where LeBron is like amazing and like that ends up being the big thing. But the reason that was so amazing for like the Cavs to come back and win whenever that series happened that I'm referring to. Um, I know so little about basketball. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like it's like the reason that like series upsets are so incredible in the NBA is like because they don't happen that often. Whereas they yeah. happen a lot more in hockey. So like that's where in hockey it's like you could do everything right and then just be really unlucky. And um I think the uh best example, you know, and I, I don't even think I have to explain more than this just saying these words, is the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, we love them. We love them. We stand. <laughs> we stand our very bad boys who are not a good hockey team. Our unlucky angels. Yeah. They're experiencing better results now than <laughs> they had been. I saw this a couple days ago, but like they're one of the best teams like offensively in the league. Yeah, in, in terms of yeah. shots. <laughs> Yeah. Then it's like the final thing where it's like, oh, some shots should end up being goals. The Canes are like, what what does that mean? Like, we love hitting the post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the like spiritual opposite of the Carolina Hurricanes is actually uh Patrick Lina because yes. like he's the only thing he does. It's like if you put a puck just on any like anywhere on the ice and just froze the game and told people to shoot, it's like all of the Hurricanes would miss, and then Ryan yes. would make it every single time. Have you seen uh, Avatar, the TV <laughs> show? One? Oh, the TV show. Amazing TV show. <laughs> yeah, he's like a puck bender. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, in terms of, like, shots and stuff, all the stuff I said about Corsi, it's like, Lina's, like, does not drive play or whatever you want to call it, but it's, like, that one thing. Wow, they should trade him. <laughs> to the Canes. <laughs> that, that would be ter- that would be literally terrifying if like he was with the Canes because it's like yeah. it's like the last infinity stone for them. It's like <laughs> the one thing they would need. The one thing they need. Canes elite win. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Flyers for just a minute. Okay. Let's 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 cry about the Flyers. <laughs> I feel like we we should be tentatively optimistic right now just because they're they've won like what their last 8 games. Seven in a row, yes. But they Very should be cool. tanking. They should Very don't cool. Don't know what this strategy is. Yeah, it's like, it's amazing because, again, it's like the analytics part of my brain is like tank to get Jack Hughes. And then like the part of my brain that's a normal person who enjoys fun is like, I like when my team is winning. <laughs> I think that's actually your heart. Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where the emotions live. It's like they can't help but win. Even though they're doing everything in their power to not win. It's just Carter Hart is so 
And I, I was almost going to say good, but that's not actually really true because he's been league average. But the thing is, the <laughs> Flyers have not experienced league average. He's so time. average. It's, it's just, it's like, literally, I'm just sitting in my room crying because, like, he's so average. And the, He's such a C-plus student, and that's all we need right now. But he's also, like, 13 years old. Well, so if I'm 12, he's, like, 10. Yeah, he's he's a fetus, and he's out there playing league average. It's amazing. His brain is so, like, not finished developing yet. That's what scares me. <laughs> yeah, like, when I see pictures of him, it's like my, my brain just just kind of, like, goes blank because he looks so young. And I'm just like, this this child should not be, like, being paid money to play a sport. Wayne Simmons protect him. One of the things I've actually noticed in the analytics is that, like, <laughs> if you just look at, so using expected goals, which I talked about earlier, you can see, like, goalie workloads, right? So you can see mm-hmm. how many shots and how good of shots they were. Um, and so you can start to compare and contrast. And, like, you see things like in Anaheim, like, John Gibson is just having the world thrown at him and he's doing okay. I feel so bad for him. He's so handsome. Like, I honestly think about John Gibson every night before I go to bed. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I hope you have a better day tomorrow. I would love to throw my world at him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, we're talking too much about math. I have to like, like I have to in, in, insert that puck bunny's energy where I'm just horny, horny for everyone. That was really important, and I, I really appreciated. That. Yeah, thank you, thank you for airing that. <laughs> uh, but actually, like Hart is one of the goalies who's faced like the least sort of expected goals per game or per <laughs> sixty. However, so I really feel like it's like. All the Flyers skaters just, like, got to... They want to protect him. This is a freaking child. Yeah, we have to do something about this. Let him face all of this bad stuff. We're not going to let them get shots on him. So, like, out of the goalies that have had, you know, the playing time that he's had, he's actually faced, like, sort of the, the least quantity plus quality of shots is what I'd say. That's wild. So they keep sending him back and pulling him up, right? <laughs> I mean, they he did an all-star break, which was, like, really funny because it's, like, he is carrying this entire city on his back right now. It's, like, give him a week off. He does not need a vacation. Nope. No vacation for Carter. <laughs> nope. The rest of the Flyers are in Cancun, and Carter is uh, <laughs> probably in driver's ed. High Valley, <laughs> Pennsylvania, facing a bunch of scrubs. What happens with your salary, like, when you keep getting sent back and forth? Is that a dumb question? I honestly don't know. I feel like it depends if you are, you're on a one-way a one way contract or not. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. This, that was just for my own edification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one thing is we're not paying him a lot of money because he's a rookie. So that's also good. Perfect. That's something else that, like, I feel like the, the child labor, are- the NHL supports it. We love it. So, like, because I feel like stats favor these younger, faster players who take more shots, I feel like this is going to affect the way that contracts are structured, too. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, And I think what you are seeing is, you know, there's one specific example, which is, like, there used to be bridge deals for players, which is, like, after your entry-level contract is over, you sign for a few years, it's like the bridge deal, and then eventually you hit free agency when you're like 27, and then you sign your big long contract that sees you out till you're 57, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the the Shea Weber special. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but now it's like, I think teams understanding, okay, like these 
players are actually hitting their prime earlier than we think and probably actually before they're eligible to be a free agent. Um, so then what they do is like basically lock them up through their prime. So that's like Connor McDavid signing an eight-year contract just like straight out of the gate. Um, and so he's making more money right at this moment than he probably mm-hmm. would have on a bridge deal. But then they're going to save money down the road where like instead of him hitting free agency, he's still locked up in this particular contract. Right. There's a lot of players like that, you know, and Aaron Eckblad did that. So even for players who aren't quite as good as Connor McDavid, that is happening more and more. Yeah, because when I think of second to Connor McDavid, I think of Aaron Eckblad. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, okay, yeah, like, is it strange that he was the second person I thought of? A little bit, yes, but I'm gonna be real, I was just thinking about his beard. (laughs) To me, it's just so interesting how, like, you know, being a fan of other sports before I became a fan of hockey, like, there's a lot more movement in within the league and like in the nhl like it's very possible it's almost some would say probable that Connor mcdavid's never gonna win a stanley cup because he's just gonna be with the oilers forever it's weird how sad i feel for him despite the fact that he is like a multi-millionaire is like making the most money it has like the most expensive contract in the league right now or whatever yeah, because he's never going to win. Like, they're never going to be able to build a team around him. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I, I was watching him play literally yesterday against the Flyers and, like, talking to my sister, like, we could just smuggle him out right now. It's like, yeah. He probably wants to escape, you know? Connor McDavid escort mission yeah. out, out of Canada. God help him. We should answer some calls because we actually got a Connor McDavid call. Hey, bunnies. How's it going? <clears throat> After last week's episode, I'm curious of where you think Connor McDavid would be a best fit. Personally, um, I've been thinking that maybe Buffalo would be a good place for him. It seems like they're a young team with a lot of potential, and they could really benefit from a superstar. Alternatively, the Coyotes kind of seem like they're in a little bit of the same boat, but it might be a little bit more of an uphill battle. I'll hang up and listen. Okay, that's really mean to say that he should go to the Coyotes. He should not. He should not. I mean, Connor McDavid is so good that he could go anywhere. But, like, why would you say the Arizona? <laughs> because Coyotes? Scottsdale is, like, beautiful. And you could live in, like, a, a giant-ass, ugly, stucco McMansion. <laughs> why don't you do this? And it's 75 then? degrees every day. Until the summer, where it's 130. I would rather be on a shitty team in Glendale, Arizona, than a shitty team in Edmonton. Like, <laughs> Okay, let's let Navita actually answer the question. <laughs> Honestly, no, my answer is the same as your answer, Christina. Like, he would be good anywhere. And it's like, just thinking about even like what the return ought to be for like a trade of someone of his caliber is just like blows my mind. My mom yesterday, because we were all at the game, was like, what if we traded every flyer skater? Every person. <laughs> for Connor McDavid. It's crazy. Like, you would have to give up the next like three years of prospects. Talk about when now. Oh, an entire preschool class (laughs) just gone. Yeah, I mean, he would make any team exceptionally better. He should go to the Senators. (laughs) That might be kind of fun. I don't know. I would love to see him and Brady Kachuk interact. (laughs) Angry boy. How many of them are there? They're like the Stroms. A thousand. There are 1,000 Kachuks. Yeah, the, the Stroms and the Kachuks, yeah. No, what's crazy is that like I grew up watching their dad play. And so I just like have always had a soft spot in my heart for the Kachuk family. And now like the sons are just getting progressively rowdier and dumber. <laughs> and I'm so into it. It's like that click hole quiz. Which one of my garbage sons are you? Yes, oh that is God. exactly what it is. 
I'm definitely a Brady. Yeah, you're definitely the Brady and I'm definitely a Matthew. (laughs) I think they have a sister too and she seems great, so. I can be the sister who seems great. (laughs) Wow. If he went to the Coyotes, I would die of happiness. Can you imagine how like all of Toronto would lose their minds about like Mcdavid being in Arizona and them getting- TSN would like do like like a jihad like TSN would lock themselves in a bunker. (laughs) They would cut their heads off like all night. (laughs) If he ever leaves Canada, there will be that may start World War (laughs) Three. We got a text that just says "Go Birds." I agree. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Oh, we got another text for Namita. What is your favorite John Mulaney special? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think the first one is definitely the best one, but I I like all of them, obviously. I think the order is definitely the first one and then the third one and then the second one in terms of quality. I haven't watched the third one yet. It's so good. That's where all of the hockey jokes come from. I think about like the story where he goes to get Xanax like every day. That is honestly the hardest I've laughed about (laughs) anything. The ultimate relationship goals, I think, is like when he's like, my wife is a bitch and I love her so much. Oh my god, yeah. Really need someone to say that about me someday. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing is never follow his wife on Instagram because I did for a long time and I hate her. I hate (laughs) this bitch. She's like tiny she's blonde she's like a how dare she a set designer or something like she's really oh. fucking cool and they have like a really really cute dogs and like this cool it's basic unfair. life and so I'm beautiful like, yeah they did that really cute romeo and juliet halloween costume yeah fuck i was mad about that for like three weeks <laughs> no one can be happy if i'm unhappy <laughs> hey bunnies uh this is max uh big fan uh from philly go flyers um, and yes, uh, love the show, even though Audrey has called Philadelphia trash city, but, uh, in Philly's defense, I'm pretty sure she thinks every city's a trash city. Uh, anyway, calling, uh, because I'm a big fan of yours as well as Namita's. I think I'm saying that right. I hope so. Um, but I'm worried that, uh, having her on the show will hurt the brand a little bit. Um, her ability to use things like numbers and logic to, you know, draw conclusions is sort of, um, you know, the anti, anti-Puck Bunnies. Uh, so I just, you know, I I, I'm, I wonder if you guys have considered that. Um, thanks a lot. Love the show. Have a good one. Well, so, you know, I'll just jump right in on this. I think, like, the most beautiful <laughs> part of this show is when I made a point about Carter Hart's, like, expected goals against, but we also found the opportunity to talk about wanting to bone John Gibson. Yeah. I think it's, like, it's all connected, you know? We contain multitudes, and I just feel like that is the beauty of this show, is that um, it's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> weird it's like i'm seeing and i don't know i think this is probably just confirmation bias but like i see all these women on twitter who are like smart and motivated and like doing their own thing and like they just are hyper fixating on hockey because like it's like a weird trend of like getting into jocks like really late in life and i and i feel like this is what's happening to me like i'm jocks only 2019 well okay because it's such a scam like it's such a scam that people were like oh nerds will treat you well because nerds treat you poorly are awful (laughs) and they're ugly Like, I want someone to treat me awful and be hot (laughs) for once in my fucking life. Every jock I've dated has been tremendously stupid, but also really nice. Yeah. 
somebody should do a study on that. Yeah, date uh, Jax 2019. Yeah. <laughs> do regression on that, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> on the return of jocks. Also, what you're talking about, like, hyper fixating on hockey, like, I see that across sports, and I think it's because women are told for so long growing up that, like, sports are for boys. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you are, like, an adult, especially, like, like I didn't play sports when I was growing up. So I was like, this is not for me. This whole world is not for me. For our listeners, Audrey did color guard <laughs> for, like, 10 years. But, like, you know, if you grow up being told that sports are for boys and, like, you don't do sports, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't start getting into hockey again until I was in college. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually really fun. And I understand what's going on. And like, like with women, I think it's like you sort of assume like, oh, like, it's like, you're gonna have to learn all this stuff in order to be able to enjoy it or contribute something or whatever. And like, that is also a scam. I'm just this is the part of the show where I'm just gonna call things scams. Because like, (laughs) if you like read just like, standard, like hockey writers and like, hear what is being broadcasted it's like no one knows anything no everybody's just spouting bullshit like that's all sports analysis is right so like it's like why can't women also spout bullshit yeah that's equality you know right that is (laughs) feminism to me (laughs) so what's the landscape for other female like hockey analysts like like you are are you the only one (laughs) (laughs) no i mean there's there's a lot of uh well okay a lot there is many as two others. Um, <laughs> I mean, my friend Alex, who works for The Wild, is amazing. And um, she's, I think, the, I will say, I think she's the only person I can think of right off the bat who is, like, has a job that is probably similar to mine in hockey. Honestly, though, in terms of, like, the, um, the, the websites that I sort of look at for, like, NHL stats, it is kind of the usual suspects with, like... Manny and Micah and the uh, evolving wild twins who I in my head I call them the Minnesota twins because they're twins nice in their description they're like we're twins and I'm like ew like adults <laughs> aren't allowed to be twins it's nasty <laughs> it's like grow up yeah seriously like think about like an adult twin like that's so gross to me <laughs> Namita what's your like dream hockey project that you would like to do yes ooh that's fun. If you had infinite funding and infinite access to st- like any team's stats. I think I would honestly just like the title of the project would be like, why are goalies? And it would just be like a year of me just like trying to figure out goalies. And then I'd probably. And how they shouldn't exist. No. <laughs> and how they're overpaid. <laughs> and it would probably kill me in the process because, you know. Many people have tried and failed to explain why our goalies. But that, I think, would be the sort of, like, long project that I would love to do at some point in my life. The Kill All Goalies project. I love it. <laughs> no, that is not that is not what we stand for. Fun Namita's project to, to, end, to end goalkeeping. <laughs> end goalies. <laughs> Except for Carter Hart. He's the only one who can stay. That's right. He's honestly, like, he's their motivating factor. He's all they have. I really think he is, like... Like I said, like, the difference between, like, the shots they were allowing before and after him is, like, really stark, so... In all seriousness, do you think they're going to make the playoffs this year? Um, (laughs) no. They shouldn't! They need to tank! (laughs) I think they'll get really close, like, instead of before where they were, like, not getting close at all. So, yeah, but we'll see what happens. It's just, it's so distressing to me to watch them, like, ruin their own tank. 
<laughs> I mean, the Canucks are doing it too. So like, I like the Canucks and I like the Flyers, but like, I, I want the Flyers to be good again because I want them to beat up on the Pens. Yes. True. The next, yeah, the next Flyers game I'm going to is Flyers Pens. Oh, Ooh. you're going to the stadium series, right? Because uh, I was like, I would like to pay a lot of money to be cold. Please don't get their awful stadium series jersey. I hate it so much. It's... I will say that I'm not a fan. Honestly, the Pens one looks like when I eat too much asparagus. <laughs> like... <laughs> To be fair, all of their jerseys look like that. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, bad team. <laughs> Fuck the pens. Follow Namita on Twitter at NN Stats. The NN stands for numbers, numbers. <laughs> stats. Is there anything you want to plug? <laughs> Just me, personally. Follow me on Twitter at NN Stats. Numbers, numbers, stats. <laughs> That joke never gets old. Can you also tell the story that you told us before we started recording okay, yeah, about right. what, what your mom said about the podcast? <laughs> this is very funny to me. So I this is not my first rodeo. I've been on podcasts before. And there was this one time, this was, I think, a year and a half ago, where I was on a hockey podcast and I was <laughs> I was at home, which I am right now. I'm in like my parents' home and I recorded it in like my bedroom and then I walked out and my mom had just come home from work uh and she was like oh I came home and I heard guys voices in your bedroom but I knew it wasn't real guys and like that was the hardest I've ever been roasted by anyone owned oh my god that's so good like she was like oh no surely not my daughter she's talking to fake guys so that's good that I'm repeating the story right now so more people can hear it I love it. It's such a good story. Namita, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. This was a lot of fun. I was very happy to be here. We love you. <laughs> I love you guys too. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.